0: Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe
2: Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios.
0: His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Easy. Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy Friday out there, July 7, 2023. And welcome in to the Gabe Kuhn Show. I am your host, Gabe Kuhn, on Twitter at G underscore Kuhn71. On threads as well at G underscore Kuhn71. I am alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That'd be Connor Dunning at C Dunning 929. Connor, you got any plans for the weekend? Movie watching on oh, the movie, docket?
1: Movie watching will be happening. I'm currently in the midst of a Mission Impossible movie. Binge, yes. Run. You need to though. Yeah, new one comes out Monday. Once again, one to plug Top Five Tom Cruise Mondays. Yes, we're going to do that. Or, uh, coming on Monday. That'll
0: be fun. So and we're, we're going to uh, have a TV show Top Five as well. I finished The Bear. Oh God, a phenomenal show. Excellent.
1: I'll probably try to catch Past Lives at some point this weekend.
0: Quick sidebar: My brother lives in Chicago. Went to the Beef yesterday for the first time. And. It wasn't like a resounding review, but obviously it's Italian Beef. It's I mean it's a it's a local if you if you've ever been to Portillo's in the Chicago area, it's a fast food chain. It's Italian Beef, burgers, hot dogs. He said it's nothing more, nothing less than what you would expect, but he enjoyed it. It's, you, a, it's 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 a binge eating type place.
1: Do you think the staff is already tired of people calling them chef?
0: Corner. Corner. Hey chef. Hook me up with it. I need peppers. I need yeah. some Jardinero on How many that.
1: times do you think some, uh, some dad's been like, where's Karm?
0: Yeah. <laughs> probably plenty. Probably plenty. But he went to the beef. Not a resounding review. I expected more from him. But it looked fun. It's called Mr. Beef in real life. Ooh, I don't know if I like that. Yeah.
1: Mr. Beef? Mr. Beef. That sounds like a site that you weren't supposed to go on when you were a kid.
0: <laughs> right. We have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly, we have a lot to get to. Grizz summer league. G.G. Um, Jackson is the embodiment of summer league. G.G. G. Jackson is summer league. And I'll explain why here in just a second. Um, also, I, you know, this is a time of year where you think outside the box. And I was sitting watching that game last night, and I, I just something occurred to me about the Jazz. Obviously, they were 1-2 seed years ago, and they blew up everything. Rudy Gobert gone, Donovan Mitchell gone. Something occurred to me about the, where the Jazz are headed that, that I, 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 may, I may think is good, something to learn from. It's very interesting, but I'll talk about that. Um, Victor Wimanyama tonight versus Brandon Miller, who struggled in summer league thus far. Um, Was it 13 fouls and nine turnovers in two games? It may but, be more than that. But Victor Wimanyama on the heels of the Britney Spears incident, which we have the video for now. I feel a little better about it. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if Brittany has the right to be that mad. I don't. I don't want to see Brittany get hit in the face. But it looked like looked like she ran up right behind Victor Wembanyama. When uh, social awareness is a good thing to have in this world, right? Social, but I don't know if she had
1: it. Social media is a bad place most of the time, but it's a good place when people slow down a video like that and go frame by frame. Yep. It looks like to me he hit her hand, yes, and then it was, her it, hand it, hit her in the have, face.
0: You know, do you do you have any siblings? Yes. Like an older brother? Younger. Or, I'm the oldest. Okay. You ever do the quit hitting yourself? Thing? Oh, constantly. <laughs> yeah, that was a quit hitting yourself moment yeah. for Britney Spears from the, the Spurs director of uh, security. Um, but there is that. We're, we're going to see what Wimby gets done tonight. Uh, he, you need to show grace to him. I'll explain that as well on the show. DeJounte Murray signs a max. We have some news on the in-season tournament we'll get to. Uh, something we're going to try new today that's, that's going to be really fun. We're going to have some Grizzlies discussion as well as some NFL uh, notes in here. But we're going to play this or that. You pick one or the other. Pick one or the other. Which one is better? Which one do you prefer? We'll get to that at about 5.30. As far as guests are concerned, Chris Vanini will join from The Athletic, uh, national college football writer for them. We'll talk some college football before we get to this or that at 5 o'clock. Uh, then 6 o'clock, Kelly Eco from The Athletic covers the Rockets and the NBA as a whole for them. Um we're going to try to get some light shed on this Dylan Brooks sign in trade. What does he think about the Rockets' direction going forward? Uh, there's plenty to discuss with Kelly at six o'clock. Then we'll hop into the Blitz. The Grizzlies made a trade last night, Connor. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a Wojciech bomb, though, right? That's not a bomb. That's more like a, I don't know. I don't even know what you'd call that a picks trade. We have some pick swaps, some second round picks outgoing for the Grizzlies. Uh, and they did a trade with the Suns. Suns seems to be, seem to be trying to recoup some second round picks. We'll discuss that as we get into the Blitz. Now, uh, last night, Grizzlies fall. I gotta say, I do love Vegas putting out a line and you having to pick, not knowing who the Grizzlies were going to run. Yeah, out Yeah, totally night. forgot about that's that. That's not fair. Didn't take
1: it in consideration. Hand up on
0: that. But I, that's but not fair. I should have seen it coming. That's, I should have seen la, it coming. Yeah, last last game before they head off to Vegas yeah. and take take the games a little more seriously. That's I my guess. Bad. I and guess. Up. guess um, but I, 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 do, uh, I do get a kick out of that. That was not fair to you. But 98-83, the Jazz beat uh, the Grizzlies in their summer league finale in uh, Salt Lake. Now they're off to Vegas. And uh, I, I think the story of last night, Gigi's fun. Gigi Jackson is a fun player. But my God, is he young and developmental. <laughs> like, ultimately, you just look at the guy and you see the talent, the, the space creation, the shooting, the offensive ability, the running the floor. My gosh, can he run the floor. And he's young. He's still 18. Um, 23 points, four for nine from three. So you see that and you say, oh, damn, this is an 18-year-old in the summer league? Nice. Impressive. He was a minus 31 on the night. He was a minus 31 team low by far. But he did have 23 and 10. There, there's some things that you you want to see more of. Um, but he's 18. Let him cook. Um, but go cook in South Haven and learn. This is genuinely, literally a fact. A high school senior. This is a high school senior at Summer League right now. Hey, that's what he is. By the time next year he'd be, he'd be a first-year NBA player, ultimately, if he was a one-and-done, he'll be, he'll, be, he'll be 19 at this time next year. Let him go cook in South Haven. Everybody calm down on talking about GG minutes and everything else. Uh, he's, he's very fun. You see the ability but uh, he, he needs a lot, of, uh, a lot of work around the edges. You need to mold him into an NBA player. And I, I, I have some hope that the Grizzlies can do that. When you have a guy that is 6'9", um, that, that's built really well at that age, who, who can do things against pros, truthfully, right now, you've you got to be impressed with it. But he is the embodiment of summer league as a whole, isn't he? 55 minutes, 32 field goal attempts, zero assists. Josh
1: Selby was watching that game, just crying, saying, God. "That man, that oh man is taken gosh. We love He's taking my bat- baton and run with it. Gigi, we love you.
0: Fifty-five minutes, incredible. Thirty-two field goal attempts, zero assists.
1: The man feels leather, and it's going up.
0: <laughs> and I don't mind it. It's that's where. That's what you're to supposed honest, to do. Take twenty shots. Take twenty-five. I don't care. Go get your go get well, your game off. We're learning about Gigi
1: Jackson through him playing this way. Like I, weirdly enough. Do not really mind him not sharing the basketball a ton right now, especially in a game like last night, where I'm just going to be completely honest about it. I didn't care one bit about any of the other guys on the floor. No, I just I just did. I wanted to see what Gigi Jackson. Yeah, could Frankie
0: do. Ferrari, Manny Bates. Uh, what Matt a name Hurt. though? Oh my god, what a uh, name? Joel Ayi. They just it's done movement. Yeah, is the Matt Hurt thing
1: done? We had that for like a day. I, I like, Matt Hurt's a fine player. He's fine. He's never <laughs> going to play in the NBA. He's <laughs> never yeah. going to play in the NBA. All right. <laughs> let, him, let him cook Full on stop. the hustle. Yeah. Full stop. Let him cook on the hustle. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Please
0: do. Until he may go overseas. It's but
1: fine. But Gigi Jackson, yeah, man. Like the, the separation, the shot creation, the way he uses his physicality, I really like. He mm-hmm. uses that seven foot wingspan. Honestly, the scoring has been very impressive. What's almost just as impressive to me, though, is the rebounding ability yep. from him and the his effort, rebounding there. instincts, and the effort there as well. So, yeah, there are definitely things that I think he needs to work on. But once again, he is barely 18 years old and he is playing, he's going to play in the G League. He's next a high season, school senior, it's is what be he is. Awesome. It's, what's great about this is that it appears that the Grizzlies may have found a first round talent. In the second round, can he develop into being a first-round player? We will see. But right now, he's at least a first-round talent, it appears. So I I can't wait to see what he does in the G League next season with the hustle. I think he's probably going to fill it up. He's going to be an exciting player to go see. There are absolutely things he needs to work on,
0: specifically defense and playmaking. But right
1: now, this is a damn good start.
0: If we get two years from now and he's still 20 years old and hasn't had his first legal beer and he's turned up the defensive IQ, ratcheted up the intensity on that end, we have something here. There's something to see with GG Jackson. I will I, I, I think you can be excited about it. Yeah. But at the same time realize, hey, let him do his thing in development and let's not worry about anything else at this moment. Let him go do his thing. Now, um, I'm actually uh, pleasantly surprised that Tarek Biberovic is a real person and not just a uh, oh, yeah, he a was name a name to waste a pick. He had thirteen points. He cooked early. Um, although he's a waste of a pick. I mean there's there's no other way to put it. He's twenty two years old, only averaged four points. Uh, overseas, he, he plays like a foreign player, though he, he sort of does the take what what they give you thing. But it just so happens that uh, what they gave him wasn't consistently makeable for him. He's just he's just not much of a player. Nothing to see there. Um, on the on the Jazz side, Ochai Baji plays winning ball, and I thought he I thought he's I thought he's a really good player. Uh, even last year in his rookie year, seven eight points a game when he when he got in there took a lot of shots. Obviously, he was the 14th pick last year, um, but consistently rebounded. Closed out, gave crazy effort. I, I tend to like Johnny Juzang, too. Um, now, this is the time of year. This is where I'm going to go on my, my jazz soapbox to a certain extent. This is the type of year where, where you start to think outside of the box. And I was just sitting, and it, it occurred to me that – and I want to ask this, and I don't want judgment. I don't want judgment, Connor. Is Danny Ainge doing a great job with this rebuild? Like, a time will obviously tell. But is he doing a really good job with this rebuild? Because from from my vantage point – It feels generational. It feels awesome, the job he's doing so far with with rebuilding this Jazz team. I think he's doing a very good job. I'm not, you know, I think that... You don't want to go overboard generational. I get
1: that. Right. Um, I mean... To be honest, getting the Jazz back to where they are this quickly after trading away a guy like Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert, like it's pretty impressive. I, I I very much like the team that they have. I think that the John Collins flyer is not a bad idea if, if his finger can get figured out. I think Walker Kessler is a real player. I like Bryce Sensabaugh there. Let that guy shoot. Let yep. him fill it up. They have like a scrappy team that's just going to be hell to play. They're just not going to be a fun team to play because they've got defensive-minded guys. They can score at all three levels. I just don't know if they have the talent necessarily, but they
0: absolutely have the pieces where in a few years they could be something special. Starting five of Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, Laurie Markkinen, John Collins now there, although we'll see what the hell he he's going to be the rest of his career. That finger's disgusting. It's gross. Probably. It's disgusting. Um and Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler's really good center. And I, I think he, Very he, good he he has replaced Rudy Gobert in a pretty substantial way, even in his in his rookie year. Um, but that's their starting five. Then you have Oshae Baji, Taylor Horton Tucker, Kelly Olinick as reserves. Maybe Johnny Juzang could turn into something. I could see him being a role player in the NBA. And then, like, look at last year. They were a competitive tank, right? It wasn't like yeah, they, did they the were way. awful, yeah. right? They're 37 and 45. They opened the season strong. They had an all star, something to be at least a little bit proud of. Then this offseason, look at what they drafted Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, Bryce Sensibal, all in one draft more developmental guys and guys that have a lot of upside as scorers uh, on the defensive end, uh, three-point shooting in Bryce Sensabaugh and, and Keontae George's situation. Like, I, I I, like what they did in the draft. And then next year is for development. The average age of their team is about 25. Um, and then <laughs> when you look at, like, I, I mean, their, their cap space going into 2024, they'll be third at least in cap. So they'll have money to spend. 2025, second least in cap. They'll have money to spend. And then when you look at like their draft capital, because of the Rudy Gobert deal, you know Donovan Mitchell, what they've been able to sort of shake out of that, it's insane their draft capital. 2025, three first-rounders. 2026, two first-rounders. 2027, four first-rounders. 2028, two first-rounders. 2029, three first-rounders. Now, they're not going to make all of those picks. That would be dumb to make all those picks if you're trying to rebuild and create a winner. But know what that does for you? That creates flexibility to go make trades, to have those draft assets, to go find other guys that could facilitate winning in Utah. I I, I just I, I look at all of the sort of examples, the, the pieces they have, the assets they have. It feels like uh, Danny Ainge is doing a hell of a job trying to rebuild what they had to give away the last two years.
1: Yeah, I think the most important piece of what he's done is what you just laid out. It's the assets that they have. It's the flexibility that they have. If a disgruntled star not named Damian Lillard wants out, or if there's a free agent on the market, of course we are. If there's a free agent on the market that they can go grab, they are going to be an attractive market for a guy because they can pay. They have a competitive team. The one thing that that I give pause to is we've seen Danny Ainge do this before yes and I mean, it never ended he did it in Boston away. and he never cashed in on that, those assets he yep. waited he made a lot of you say like he's I not going to draft all those guys he made a ton <laughs> of draft picks <laughs> like and I said time will tell him, in the beginning of this I
0: said time will tell a lot of tell. them didn't
1: work a lot of his draft picks didn't work out in Boston so time, like you said time's going to tell they are set up well yes though.
0: They, they, he has set there it is up. a point to be made about Danny Ainge being able to make it look good at the beginning of the rebuild and then never actually
3: to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
0: getting to the heights that you want to get to right there's something to be said about that right. That's that is true that's, that's his track record.
1: That's the only thing that gives me pause. If, if he cashes in on these assets and he actually gets aggressive in the market and doesn't just hold on to them until they're too late, that's what would happen in Boston. He would just hold on to them until their value would go down, and then he would move them. It was a very odd strategy up there, I, I suppose. But they did have a lot of early success, and maybe that that did something to him. When I'm looking at their roster, though, it's just I, I'm with you. I just don't know. Like there's only a few guys on this roster roster that I think would be there for like the good Jazz if that makes any sense. Right, but like that, I don't know if Colin Sexton's going to be part of that. Right, maybe as a backup. But Jordan Clarkson, Lori's been really good. You can move him for like a, like a younger guy because he's a proven scorer. Walker that a Kessler's a rookie
0: deal right now.
1: Lori's there. Lori's the prize. Like finding that guy and, and redeeming his career when it looked like it was starting to go sideways is the biggest win by them though. It, it, it's he had he was so tremendous last year. Walker Kessler will block anything that goes toward the rim. I can't wait to see Walker Kessler and Jared Jackson Jr. play defense together in FIBA. It's going to be insane. They're knocking things off the rim. No defensive three seconds. Yep. Good luck scoring at the
0: rim. And then and then like John Collins. Basically, they took that as a as a salary dump from the Hawks, and they can get rid of him. But if he works, I mean, if he starts to show that he can get back to what he was, who knows? Maybe. I mean, but I'm just saying they have these assets that that seemingly are movable, shakable things you can go get better with. And I and I think that's that's the point here. I do think
1: that we are in for a bit of a John Collins bounce back season. And one of the main reasons is it. is that well, he does, but at the same time, he doesn't have to be the number 2 guy or the yep. number 3 guy like he had to be when he was in Atlanta. He had that pressure on him where it was like, listen, we're paying you this money you have to be the two or three for Trey Young here. Like that was our plan. Trey Young, John Collins. We brought we brought in Dejounte Murray because you weren't really working out. So that he had that pressure on him there. I think in Utah, it's just much much less. There's no winning. The, the, the fan base doesn't expect winning right now. They're still kind of in that rebuild phase. Laurie's their clear number one guy. Jordan's one of their main scorers too. So he's going to be like the third or fourth guy, but it's going to be much, much less pressure. So I think
0: it's a good situation from him. And I hope he has a bounce back season. He's got to get the swelling down in his finger. It, it, with his finger, like the pictures you've seen of it, it looks like Jabba the Hutt. Like his, fin- it's ridiculous. It's like wide and <laughs> You're fat saying at the it bottom. Lo- his finger looks yes, like Jabba. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like wide and just it looks ridiculous. And that's why his shooting's gone down. But it, it almost feels like the Hawks mismanaged that finger bad. I mean, that is brutal. They probably rushed him back a little
1: bit too fast. And just because, assume he'd be fine. Yeah, because they need... It's a finger. Uh, yeah, and, it's a And finger. I will
0: say this from experience, just playing college football, finger's are the most mismanaged injury in sports. Not even close. No one, no one seems to care. They put a splint on it and they say, "Okay, keep going."
1: It's not even just sport. Like cat, my my wife, <laughs> her her pinky is bent because it got hit or broken when she was playing bat. I guess it was sports and it, and it got mismanaged. So she has right. a little bit of a bend in it. Yeah, right, for yeah. Sure. You just held up your finger and yeah, it's got it's a bit bent, of a bend in bent. it.
0: I have like I'm good. I I, I don't have quite the old NFL wide receiver fingers, but I'm close. I'm close. Yeah, I've had a couple of dislocations. Not oh, fun. God. That, Not very fun. Dude, that makes my skin crawl. get Getting them popped back in is the worst, though. It does hurt. Yeah, like I hell. bet.
1: Yeah. I bet it does.
0: Yeah, it hurts like hell. And That's they never like, reset right. They just watching, never reset
1: right. Watching like old college football highlights and old NFL highlights with the, with the ripaway jerseys, just imagine getting your finger oh. caught in there and just twist it up. Like every time I watch Rudy, I, all I can think <laughs> about is like, oh, I bet their fingers hurt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a nerd th- thought to have. <laughs>
0: now, um... You talked about a disgruntled star in Damian Lillard. Um, it's been reported, and it's not a surprise, and it's very understood. He wants to be a part of the Miami Heat. Um, and ultimately, because Pat Riley drives a hard bargain, he's coming off uh, an NBA Finals appearance, he doesn't want to give up too much. They're talking about Tyler Hero. It feels like the Portland Trailblazers are not interested in Tyler Hero. So it will take a while. Dame wants to end up in Miami, though. Now there are reports coming out, trickling out, that his agent is telling teams around the league that if he ends up anywhere but Miami, he may not even show up to camp. Like the turn here for Dane I, I mentioned it yesterday, and you said, hey, maybe not the villain arc. The villain arc, is it's starting to, it's starting to shift in that direction for Damian Lillard. We called it the annoying arc yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, but, but it's we starting it? to shift now if, if he ends up elsewhere because the Portland Trailblazers want to help their future. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. If they want to help their future get the best return, if he doesn't show up to camp, he's going to look like a a-hole. I mean, he's going to look like a villain, ultimately. And this is not what we're used to with Damian Lillard. And maybe this is part of the reason he didn't want to ask for a trade the entire time. He wanted to stay there and you know let, let, let everybody love on him. Um, obviously, that's not how it ultimately ended up. But, but if he ends up elsewhere besides Miami and sits out at camp, that's not a good look for Damian Lillard. And, and I hate doing Legacy Talk, but Legacy Talk would come in on this. We, we would we would talk about this for going into his future. He has 11 years of very goodwill built up. And unfortunately,
1: it's like he's going all in with it. And he's being like, well, I did all this so I can do this now. And it's like, man, what are you doing? Right. I just, I just don't understand what he's doing because – I'm just going to be straight up honest. You signed that extension. They paid you that money. They do not owe you anything else. They just don't. They paid you. They took care of you. It is time to move on. If you really care about that team and that city, let them move you to a team to where they can get the best return. I understand you want to go to Miami. I have no problem with being like, listen, if you're going to trade me, please send me to Miami. That's where I want to be. But calling other teams and telling them that you're going to sit out, calling other teams and saying, if you trade for me, I'm going to be disgruntled, I'm going to be a problem, that's just dirty. That's gross. I don't understand.
0: Why? What's the point of it? Also, call his bluff. Let me say this. I think this is a lot of huffing and puffing for him to just end up in Miami for not a crazy return. Yeah, Trailblazers do ultimately want to do right by Dame. I mean, he's one of the best Blazers of all time. You could argue best Blazer of all time. Like, they want to do right by him. Um... But but the thing is I, I just I look at how this has all uh, you know shook out and it's just it's gotta be frustrating on everybody else's it like the the, the the Trailblazers front office it's when they extended him with those with the, those two years, his age thirty five and 36 seasons, he's gonna be making sixty million dollars. I think the huffing and puffing and him ending up in Miami is because I don't know if anybody else out there would be willing to give up a, a ton more assets than the Heat are going to give up ultimately because you, you got to pay this bill once he shows up in town. like I, There's not a lot of people. People see Damian Lillard and the talent he is, and they say, oh, damn, he should get a King's ransom. There should be a bunch of first-round picks, a lot of, lot of players, a Rudy Gobert return. People think that type. Of that was be in the order. dumbest trade but, in NBA but history. It was dumb, but you, people think that for a guy like Damian Lillard as opposed to Rudy Gobert, but that's not how this works. Once he's in your in your building, the salary cap, what you're going to have to do to pay him $60 million when he's 35 and 36, that is not fun, and I don't know if there's a lot of people addressing that at the given moment. I really don't. You, you can try to get maximum value all you want, but the money that he's making means something to teams that are acquiring him. It's just—I
1: just don't understand how so many people are acting surprised by this situation. We—I think that everybody outside of Portland saw this coming from a mile away. We were like, this should have been done two years ago. When you gave up on C.J. McCollum, you essentially gave up on this era of the Portland Trailblazers because you weren't going to be able to bring in anybody— to be in real contention with Dame. I know you made it to the Western Conference Finals that one time, but it was kind of a fluke. Like, it happens every once in a while. Like, t- teams make it to the Western Conference Finals. That shouldn't. It they tried to
0: double down. All then, of the
1: time. And they doubled down on yeah. it, and it didn't work because they put all their money in guys who get injured all the time. I... It's, I I haven't really adjusted so, myself. That's entire why it's time. like I understand why Dame looks at the team and is like, "Y'all didn't put stuff around me that you should have." But at the same time, Dame, you try. kept taking the most money. I keep saying this. And they this did that- try, but it just it didn't work. And sometimes it just doesn't work. I, this is the same guy that wrote a letter to the NBA commish- commissioner asking to be an NBA All-Star. Why yeah. are we surprised <laughs> all of this stuff is going on? This that's why I've been here with Dame for a while. He has done this over and over again. He 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 leaks stuff to the media, and then he acts like he's the good yep. guy. He leaks stuff, yep. acts like he's the good never guy. Never said it. I bet when he gets traded, he's going to pretend like none of this ever happened. Yep. He'll be like, I never said that. Now, um, we never
0: called people. Again, I still have a hard time really holding. Like, the Trailblazers have their their faults with the last couple of years with where it's headed with Dame after the Western Conference Finals. They probably should have made a move earlier and said, Hey, Dame, we want to facilitate a trade. for It's best for our future. It's best for your future. But I can't blame. Like, all the moves they've made, yeah, they didn't work out, but they were swinging. They, they, they always were swinging. Yeah, it's not their fault They were swinging on, on pieces that didn't ultimately work out. Your, your, Nurkic couldn't stay healthy. Jeremy Grant ultimately became just sort of a, a chucker and ducker when he was a two-way guy for a long time. He still has that ability, but his defensive rating has dipped since he started making money. C.J. McCollum, that was just sort of they had too short of a backcourt. Uh, Norman Powell didn't add all that much. It, 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 they swung and they just missed. And I, I don't get mad at teams that swing and miss. I get mad at teams that, that ultimately try to play it way too safe and conservative around a star like that. And I don't think the Trailblazers did that. I think they tried. I think it just didn't fair. work out. Yeah. Um, would you
1: call his bluff, though? Would you say, all right, we're going to trade you somewhere. <laughs> Sit out.
0: If if Well, I mean, sure. I don't think everything works all like that. But I, why not? I mean, the Trailblazers, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I want to do right by Dame, but. As soon as I trade Dame, he's not my problem anymore. They've done right by Dame. They paid him that contract. But, but you get what I mean? Like yeah. As soon as he's gone out of my building, he's not my problem anymore. I don't have to worry about if he's sitting out in someone else's camp. And if I'm another team, that's – but in the end of the day, the, other, the, 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 the acquiring team has this in mind. They're reading these reports.
1: I just – I don't understand the strategy here. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Because if you went out of Portland, why are you making it more difficult for you to get out of Portland? He's making it. He's actively putting roadblocks in front of the Trailblazers to move him. Yep. He just is, and every single time he speaks, they lose bargaining power. And that's and Pat Riley's just going to wait. That dude's not going to overpay. He's not going. He's not going to panic. He just had a team in the NBA Finals.
0: He's fine. He's chilling. Who's desperate here? Right, like that's what Pat Riley is probably sitting there saying. Who's who's desperate here? Yeah, Us who they, are just we were just in the dancing. NBA Finals, they or you Hughes. who want to go get maximum value for a player that you've you've offered two years, one hundred twenty one million for the next four years. Right? Uh, well, he has to get out of this contract, then he'll have the two years, one hundred twenty one million. You're the desperate party here. You want to rebuild. We we're fine. We're fine. We, we eat culture. We'll just find we'll find some guys in G, in the G League. We'll develop another Gabe Vincent. We ain't worried about that. Right. So <laughs> so yeah, I think ultimately this is a lot of huffing and puffing. He'll end up in Miami, but it is it is surely, it is definitely a lot of huffing and puffing. Now, um, Victor Wimbanyama, we know the Britney Spears incident and uh what what transpired there, but we're on to bigger and better things. As tonight at eight o'clock, he's gonna make his debut. What are our expectations for Victor Wimbenyama? tonight and going into his first season in the NBA. I'll tell you on the other side, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
2: Their duty. They keep trying to tell me
0: all you want to do is excuse me. Uh-huh, but my answer. Uh-huh. Back rolling on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. If you're a whiskey lover looking for a sip for the weekend, make sure you get some Old Dominic Tennessee Whiskey. It is distilled, barreled, aged, and bottled in Memphis. First time that's been the case since Prohibition. It is Memphis whiskey. It's unto its own. It's got a great flavor profile, maple, sugar, charcoal distilling, so it's great to sip. You can have it neat. You can have it on ice. Um, if you get the stepped up, bottled, in bond, make sure you just have it on ice or neat. You don't need to mix that. Mix mix the, mix the regular bottle of that old Dominic Tennessee whiskey, Memphis whiskey, if you will. They're also, I have to point you in the direction here, July 13th. They'll have limited quantities available at the distillery, but they're releasing their first five-year-age single-barrel Old Dominic Tennessee whiskey. It's going to be $80 plus tax. Again, limited quantity, so get there early. But that single-barrel, I've been waiting for it. I can't wait to get my hands on a bottle. But they also have other products. Go to olddominic.com to check out all those. They have the Hewling Station line. They have gin. They have vodka. They have it all. They have it all. Now, that old Dominic Tennessee whiskey is available in a lot of places. Memphis, Arkansas, Mississippi, parts of Missouri. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, you can ask for it at your liquor store. They will have it. You can ask for it at your favorite restaurant. They will have it. And also, I mentioned, if you go down on July 13th to the distillery, you can get your hands on, uh, on a bottle of that five-year-age single-barrel Tennessee whiskey. Go down to the, the, their state-of-the-art distillery anyway because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Elevated yet relaxed atmosphere. You can just have a drink, have a craft cocktail, night out downtown Memphis. You can go for a tour and tasting that you can book at olddominic.com. Uh You can host a special event. You're going to have to go check their special event schedule, though, whether it's a wedding, wedding reception, going away party, birthday party. They will handle you. Just go to OldDominic.com and check out that schedule. And also, they're the official spirit of the Memphis Grizzlies. Look for that Tennessee whiskey, the gin, the vodka, the healing station. Look for it at those two-bar locations inside FedEx Forum. Whether you are at a concert, watching a comedian, going for a game, two-bar locations, go to those. Old Dominic Distillery, come say hi. Now, Victor Wimbenyama, the much-anticipated debut is tonight against It's that time of year. Cash the Ticket, Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. At well, Hornets in Summer League, like 8 p.m. is when we'll get to see Victor womenyama against Brandon Miller, who Brandon Miller has struggled through Summer League. But what are the expectations? I, here's the thing with Victor Womenyama. I think people need to realize in the, in the interim, in the... Uh, not so distant future right now he's coming off playing a full pro season and a finals right that ended a week before the draft so he's probably tired he he hadn't got to you know practice a whole lot with the spurs obviously summer league does not necessitate a whole lot of practice but here's where I want to go with this I I think when we talk about expectations and hype a lot of people get rubbed the wrong way by that um I think people expect a whole lot, and when they don't see it, they want to make these scathing articles, these, these suggestions about what he will be going into the future. Victor Wimbenyama is 19 years old. Yes, he's seven he's got guard skills, he can shoot a three. He, he's, he's unbelievable. He's the most hyped prospect we've seen, arguably since Zion Williamson, LeBron. Um, and, and he's foreign. he's going to play with uh, Greg Popovich. Great place to land. But I still think... When we're talking about nineteen-year-olds, when we're talking about number one overall picks, there's a certain amount of grace we need to allow these guys to have. If he if he has a stinker or two in summer league, if he has a stinker or two at the beginning of the regular season, there needs to be some grace shown. He's nineteen years old. He's allowed to grow and evolve like the rest of us. I I, I there's gonna be two games this weekend. I don't know what it's going to look like. It's set at nineteen and a half right now. His over under point total. If you're if you're gonna go bet that on Fanduel, but Ultimately, this is a guy who is young, he's impressionable, I I expect big things from him, but if you don't see those big things coming out of the gate, I don't think we need to be scathing him come Monday. I don't think there needs to be these grand visions of who he's going to be going into the future. He needs the grace, he needs time to grow.
1: You're preaching. I think that you're preaching right now, because, let's be honest about it, tonight the defense is going to be fully focused on Victor Wimbenyama. and... I don't know if the Hornets players are, you know, how they feel about playing him and things like that. Brandon Miller seems like he's going to bring. He's they're probably going to bring an edge to it. Brandon Miller is going to hopefully have something to prove tonight. So I do hope that we see more from him because I still do believe in Brandon Miller. Like I said, the fouls are not good. The scoring hasn't really been there, but the playmaking has been there. He's been moving the ball around pretty well. He's played. You know, he's just got to learn how to play defense without fouling. But that's a skill that you can figure out. With Victor Wimbenyama, like, this is – you said Zion Williamson. I think that it's probably fair to say he's the most hyped since guy LeBron. since LeBron. Yeah, and I, I, right. a lot of people have talked about LeBron in recent weeks since the draft and things like that, and, you know, they've said, well, LeBron lived up to – it. yeah, but us calling LeBron the king in the future of the NBA and could he be the best player ever when he was 20 years old, that was insane back then. Just yep. because it worked, it's a miracle that he lived up to all of that hype. So we shouldn't hold – Victor Wimbenyama to the standard of arguably the best player to ever walk on the basketball court. Yeah, you you can say, MJ, I'm not making this an MJ LeBron thing. I am just saying, don't hold him to that bar because that's unfair. If Victor comes out and has a rookie season where he scores like 20 points, 8 rebounds, Pretty good rookie season. That's unbelievable. That's a really good rookie season. We've got to give this kid time. You know what I mean? And that's why I am happy he's in a system like San Antonio. We can talk about, we can have fun with the conspiracy theories and all that. But at the end of the day, if there was going to be a coach in the NBA that I would want to give Victor to, it would be pop.
0: Yes, no question. I mean, he's done so well. I mean, uh, Boris Diaw and uh, Tony Parker, Manu, and Manu I mean, he's done great with foreign prospects, and he's honestly he said in the past that he likes foreign prospects more than American prospects. It is what it is. Um, as far as what I expect to see from, I, I, I expect so much from Victor Wembanyama. Seven foot four, the guard skill. He can shoot a three. He's great at blocking shots at the rim. Uh, his rebounding is, is is really good. He's been playing against pros. I, I think people need to remember that. In, in the top French league, he's been playing against pros with Met 92. And they were in the finals. He was the MVP of the league. 20-9 and nine is what he was able to get. I don't know how many assists. It was up there, though, for a big. I mean, when you look at his skill set as a whole, you should expect a lot. And you try to find comparisons for a guy like this. There's no comparison. I, I don't know if there's really a a, a point, uh, you know, Looking back in the NBA, if there is a certain player you could really compare him to, I think he's unto its own, and we should let him be unto his own. We should let him be himself as he gets into the league. I know what hype does to talk in the media, in the social media sphere. I know what the hype does. People have a tendency to push against hype, to to try to down people. They get hyped a whole lot and don't live up to the expectations that are being set. But again, just let the guy grow. And we'll see you tonight, 8 o'clock. That'll be fun. It'll be fun. And this whole weekend's going to be fun. It's going to be Wimby oh, it's Watch. it's going to be great. This, is, this really is, from a summer league perspective, this is the most hyped-up summer league we've seen in a long, long time. I mean, it, it sold-out crowds in Vegas to watch Wimby uh, tonight and on Sunday. If I'm
1: being completely honest, though, I think I'm more excited to watch Scoot play. I want to see Scoot. I want to we'll see get, we'll, Scoot. We'll,
0: we'll see Scoot versus Wimby on Sunday.
1: Right. That'll be great. Yeah. And, you know, all that being said about, Victor Wimanyama though I think he's going to be awesome. Like I just yeah. I, I just do. I, he's got the skill set to just be something special in the NBA and I hope he reaches those heights you talked about. There's not really a guy to compare him to. Rashad Phillips was on with Jason and John today and I thought he had one that's not it's not a one-to-one. It's not perfect. He brought up Giannis, which is an interesting comparison. Um I think that Wimby has a little bit more of a skill set than Giannis at this age. Hell, I would not say absolutely. right now. People vastly underweight. He, shoots substantially,
0: he sh- shoots substantially better than Giannis but it, ever it's has. Not a, ever really it's not
1: a terrible comparison for where point, he I could guess. be. Porzingis is one that people have brought up a lot. I don't hate that one either. I think that Victor Wimbanyama has a little bit more of a defensive potential there because he can guard... Uh, the wing a little bit more than Sporting Porzingis can, but I do think that people forget that when KP came in the league, that dude was good, yes. and he still is very good. Well, he had a great season last
0: year. One thing I, one criticism I do take uh, the, that I think is very fair of Victor Wimanyama, as he gets in the league, he's going to have to put on weight, but I think he right. has a frame. People try to do the Chet Holmgren thing. I think it's very different. A, I think he's got a better frame yeah. than Chet Holmgren to go put on that weight, and we saw Chet put on weight this offseason when he, when he uh, had a year off due to injury. But, yeah, I I, I agree. Victor is going to have to put on weight, but so far he's been playing against pros in France. I know that's not the NBA. I understand that's not the NBA, but he's been playing against pros, and he was an MVP in that league even at the size he's at right now, even at the weight he's at right now. He's going to have time. He's 19 years old. By the time he's 25, he's not going to weigh the same. I can guarantee you that. You just hope the injury bug stays away, and you hope for a long, prosperous career for the guy. Yeah,
1: to your point about Chet, this is going to sound mean, and I and I don't mean it to sound mean. I think that Chet can be a, a good NBA player. I have liked what I've seen from him in summer league, specifically with his defense. His body's kind of awkward. He kind yes. of moves awkwardly, like he's a got bit that of a caved-in chest, a bit of a like, robot. Like it's yeah. a bit of like a wooden stiffness to him. When you watch Victor play, he moves like he he's got this yep. flow to him. He's got this smoothness to him, and his body just proportionally looks right. Like he doesn't like he just like you said it. It he's, skinny, seems, he's skinny. He's skinny. Nineteen but it's years old. Nineteen year olds that
0: are seven foot four generally yeah. are going to like, be
1: slender. Like when someone goes into Chet's chest, I do think he <laughs> might explode. Yes. When they hit
0: Wimby, I don't think he's going to yeah, explode. I think he'll be okay. But to, but to, to guard some of the league's best post players, he's going to have to. I mean, absolutely to be able to box them out, to be able to. Yeah, uh, you know, Adams take the grind. Gonna tough. He's, he's going to have to. He's gonna to have to beef up. Now, him against a guy like Steven Adams, Steven Adams trying to go cover that guy, that's a matchup nightmare. Let's not lie. That is a matchup nightmare. Stretching some of these guys out to the three point line, getting them off the bounce, yeah, I guess the bag true. he has his handles. Oh my gosh. That's true. Um but but I think for him, putting on weight for the rebounding perspective and, and playing defense perspective, I, I think that's 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 the fair criticism that I see thus far.
1: Yeah, as I was now, I, saying, I, I, that. I was know. like, oh, it'd be Jaren. It'd be Jaren he'd be up against.
0: I've seen some people do this. I think Scoot will be a, a better pro than Victor Wimbanyama when it's all said and done. Like, could we relax? Could yeah. we wait? I yeah. don't, and I think Scoot will be a great pro. I think Scoot, Scoot will be a really good pro, but let's relax for a second. And just yeah. let this thing play out.
1: I, I agree. I think that, uh, to be honest, I think all three of the top picks are going to be solid guys. I don't know who's going to be the best of them. If I had to place a bet right now, I'd probably say it's going to be Victor Wimbanyama. <laughs> But I wouldn't be shocked if Scoot ends up being something special. I wouldn't be shocked if Brandon Miller ends up being something special. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's just sometimes when these guys come in, I just – it's kind of like what's happened with Jabari Smith, for instance. Jabari Smith came in, and he was an excellent college player. He was a very good NBA prospect. He had a – not a perfect rookie season. And people have kind of written him off. And it's like, he's still really good. Jabari Smith is still very, very good. So let's just not give up on these guys if they don't – you know, show out every single game of the rookie season. Year one, season. right? Yeah, yeah. let's, like, let's calm like, the hell down. Well, and to your point about he's been playing pros, we did the same thing with with Luca. They were like, "Well, but it was this, it was the European pros." But then Luca came over, and started dominating. So yes. it's like maybe the pros over there are a little bit better than people give credit. Yes,
0: for no question, no question. They're grown now, men. Um, moving on, to Dejounte Murray, four years, one hundred twenty million dollars with the Hawks. Do we do we have anything we need to say sure. about that? That's fine. I, the Hawks. I, what I think it comes down to with the Hawks is some of these young players. Uh, ultimately panning out. Sadiq Bay is going to be sort of their starting power forward. We'll see what happens with that. A.J. Griffin, uh, he could turn into something. They drafted uh, Kobe Bufkin. Maybe they could get some depth pieces there. I, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, but Quinn Snyder is going to be sort of the, the head of the snake here. He's going to have to get all these guys to buy in on the defensive end where they haven't bought in on the defensive end. There's no John Collins anymore. Um, but I guess you got DeJounte Murray. He's a really good talent. Four years, 120 is fine. I don't think there's any issue there. Are they better or worse than they were last year? <sighs> on paper. On paper worse because you thought John I think Collins too. would be okay. But John Collins on paper was not John Collins. Like last year you thought John Collins would be solid. He shot 29% from three. He was not good. And I, I, don't, I don't know what he's going to be going forward. But just, on paper be, it looked good last year, but it just wasn't that.
1: It's going to be fascinating to see what happens in Atlanta because we are – it's going to happen sooner rather than later. The Trey Young thing is going to be, it's going to be a discussion at some point because he won the battle between the be, between player and coach last time. He's not going to win it with Quinn, Quinn Snyder. They gave no. Quinn Snyder a lot of power and a lot of money. And if it comes down to – Trey
0: makes a lot of money too, though. But <laughs> what I'm saying, though, if
1: it comes down to Trey Young or Quinn Snyder,
0: they're probably going to go with Snyder. I, I think they're going to go with Snyder. I, that's going to be an interesting thing to it's follow. It's going to be
1: interesting. Maybe the Jazz are getting ready for it. We'll see. To your point, we'll see. Hey, former uh, coach, yeah. Quinn Snyder Jazz. Look we'll see.
0: Uh, now, last thing I want to bring up before we uh, before we bring on Chris Finidi and completely switch gears, get to some college football. Um, NBA in season tournament. A little more light shed on this. NBA's new in season tournament final four is set for December seventh and ninth in Las Vegas. Um, I see what's happening here, by the way, it being in Las Vegas. I see what's going on. Expansion. LeBron owning Las Vegas or, you know, like let, letting him have a stake in Vegas, getting those Vegas basketball fans out, seeing what they have. I see what's happening there. But stats will count for the league's regular season except for the championship game. So the championship game will not count toward regular season Why? stats because it'll be an 83rd game. It'll oh. be an 83rd game. Um, so I, I guess I get that. I just don't get the concept. I, there's, I, what I think is going to ultimately happen with this and how it gets discussed, it'll be a big joke whoever wins the in-season tournament. Unless you win the finals after that. If you win the in-season tournament and then win it all, then we can be, oh, they were dominant. They won the in-season tournament and they and they won the NBA finals. But the in-season champion is just going to get, I mean, people are going to throw stones at him People are going to uh, make fun of them, right? If they ultimately don't get the job done and do things in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I you know, I'm not uh, super... I guess I'm a bit I'm a bit ignorant on how people react to it with soccer. Like I understand, I think it's a bigger deal over there because it's more established. I think there's probably more of a reason. incentive. But it's it, I think it matters more over there because of points and things like. I'm not I am not the expert on that, but I I love it for the for that. Like I I watched the Rexham documentary for for example, and they have an in season tournament, and it seemed like people really are, care about that and are very passionate about that. I understand that. I just don't see a pathway to this ever becoming that. The if that makes any sense,
0: because nowhere I think you're losing already. Though Adam Silver has tried to explain his thought process. Yes, he's explained the the overseas part of it, the the, the in, in soccer, which again, that's like you're saying, established. People have latched onto it for years and years and years. But he's also brought up in-season tournaments in college basketball. I think you're fighting a losing battle if that's what you're trying to create. No one cares who wins the Maui Invitational by the time we get to the tournament. No one cares about that. So you're not holding that up. And I I don't think it's boosting ratings by any stretch of the imagination. It's just early-season basketball in college basketball. You get some decent matchups, but it's the NBA. You get these matchups night in, night out. I, I, I I feel like you're fighting a losing battle if you're trying to create college basketball's early season tournaments. I don't, I don't think there's a big – there's not a calling for that. The consumer has not called for that, and I, I still sit by that. Boy. If you want to make a change because the consumer wants more meaningful games, you can go ahead and try to make that happen. I think they've done that with a plan. I think they've done that really well with the plan. But this doesn't – this does not create meaningful – a meaningful in-season champion in meaningful games. It's just not. It doesn't do that for the consumer.
1: I think "meaningful" is the the perfect word to use there. And you know, I just I don't understand when most fans and, and people are talking about the NBA should probably have fewer games. Being like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna add more, and we're gonna add more games to these guys. I just to your point, if you wanted to do the college basketball thing, John Martin actually talked about this on Jason. John, I thought it was a great point. He said, "Why not do it at the beginning of the season?" He's like, if you did this to open the season, it would make a little bit more sense, get the teams into it. All the players would probably play the first week. You get a five hundred thousand dollar bonus if you win it. You get some, you know, you get some incentive to get the season going. Yeah. In December, I'm gonna be honest. I would like to see Gigi Jackson. Like, if you want to talk about Gigi Jackson getting a run with the Grizzlies, Bang! In season <laughs> tournament, Kenny Lofton getting his minutes. Bang! In season tournament, you know what? because I'm gonna be completely honest. If a if a Grizzlies player gets hurt in those games, I would be pissed off. And, I, but, it would and drive also, me crazy. By the
0: time and they're gonna seed it by who's at the top at that point, right? Like that's how it's gonna work. Like last year, the Jazz had this crazy good start. Are they gonna be like a one or two seed at that? Like it's just strange to me. It's strange. December does not equal the end of the season. You just have some weird. It's not going to create the premier matchups that I think they, they think they'll be creating, if that makes sense. My so, dad
1: just sent in a great take. i got to fire, right, from, fire from, from it off Chris Dunning himself. <laughs> it's like winning the NIT bef- before the NCAA tournament.
0: It kind of <laughs> yeah, it 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 is, is. It kind of is. It, it, I, I, don't, I do not disagree with it that. It
1: feels like a half-baked idea that they're making happen right now. It's yes. like I think it needs to stay in the oven a little bit
0: longer. I don't know if it needs to come out of the oven. I don't know if, I don't know if you ever needed to put it in the oven burn it <laughs> I don't know if you ever needed it again if you if the consumer who, calls who for, for it the consumer calls for it but no one asked for this nobody asked we asked <laughs> for fewer games <laughs> that's the thing it's strange it's so strange but uh we're going to transition from here as uh, we have to get to some college football on the other side we'll talk some realignment we'll talk some Memphis we'll get into all that with Chris Vanini from the Athletic riding on 929 FM ESPN